What's happening, people? Welcome to another episode of Natty News Daily. We've got man of the hour, president of WMBF, Bob Bell, on with us tonight. How are you, my man? Thank you for coming on. Nice to join you guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No, this is, uh, I think for the three of us anyways, we can probably all speak to how exciting and I think this will be a really good episode to, to get out to people a little bit more. So uh, just briefly, man, uh, give a quick you know, introduction. How long have you been with the WMBF? How long have you been running the show um, for those that don't know? Uh, well, we started uh, competing in the, in the, in the nineties. Um, obviously the organization started in late, late eighties, but uh, my wife, Tina, uh, turned pro that with the WMBF uh, before I did, and uh, we were actually uh, event promoters uh, 1980, uh, 1998, 1999. That was kind of uh, our launch into uh, actually, it was NGA, you know, back back in those times before the IMBF inception. So, uh, Nancy Andrews, Dave Gooden, some of our really good friends that we were we were pros with, um, uh, just, just some issues with with organizational stuff. You guys kind of know some of the history with natural bodybuilding, but uh, we started with the NGA. We were there, I think, one or two years, and then the IMBF uh, evolved uh, as the only amateur affiliate of the WMBF, so we um, wanted to stay with the organization at the time, and, um, you know, unfortunately, had to split our ways with them, uh, so uh, promoted uh, for several years, continued to promote, uh, turned pro in uh, 2000, I believe, and um, competed for a few years as a pro, got to know a lot of really incredible people in the organization, um, we, uh, we had a separation from the WMBF at one point in 2013. Um, actually, it was, it was before that. It was uh, 2000, I think, 10. Um, the former owner of the WMBF did some things that we didn't agree with, um, you know, put a promoter in our backyard without involving us. Um, turned out to be not, not a really great thing for the IMBF, the WMBF at the time. Um, and we decided to, to go our separate ways uh, because of that decision. And... Um, uh, we're with the IFPA at the time, uh, and the MBF and the IFPA. So we do have a lot of history. Like I said before, uh, we, we could talk about natural bodybuilding for many, many episodes, but yeah. And then ended up coming back to the, to the WMBF in 2014, uh, had the opportunity to purchase the organization with, with my wife, Tina and Nancy Andrews in the East. And from there, it's been absolutely incredible. Uh, we've really done a good job growing the organization. Definitely going to pat myself on the shoulder on that. Um, as you guys have seen the growth internationally, that's been uh, super special to us, and it's yeah, been a major true. focus. Been challenging to to grow in the U.S., but uh, internationally, it's been um, much easier. Uh, the 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 uh, the legacy, the WMBF, the the uh, you know the integrity with drug testing and consistent drug testing on and off scene has has uh, really propelled us, I think, to the top. Um, we're going to continue to do that. Um, so that's kind of a, a super quick uh, history of uh, you know the. Uh, the 90s to 2021. Awesome. Awesome. So we posted on the Natty News page, you know, submit a question if there's anything people want to know. And I think that's what will make the bulk of this episode, just kind of a little bit of a Q&A with yourself. Um, I know probably the three of us could ask you questions till we're blue in the face, but maybe we'll save that for another episode and we'll just kind of open this up to, to what the viewers want to know <laughs> about. So uh, the first one, let's just briefly touch on drug testing. You know, we don't need to go into the nitty gritty of, of how you guys test and what you test for, but just briefly touch on the importance of drug testing. Cause I think that's something that the three of us can definitely attest to that. You know, if you're going to claim to be a natural organization, if you're going to claim to promote natural shows, then there needs to be drug testing. So can you just touch on your, you know, your opinions on that? I mean, that's the core of the WBF values. That's something that, that we started, um, you know, in, in 
our inception uh, consistent drug testing, real drug testing. Yep. Um, we can talk. We can talk about urine. That, that's that's one uh, you know way of testing. The polygraph testing is, is definitely a bigger piece for us, more important piece. But um, you know, integrity in sports and drug testing, and you know, the fairness of of sports is really what should be tying everything together. And within fair and level competition, there has to be drug testing. Um, there's a lot of people that talk about drug testing. Um, we prove that we do it. We prove that we do it consistently. As you guys know, often on season, um, we do uh, obviously urine tests all of our winners. We off season drug test our, our um, pros and amateurs if we choose to. And then the polygraph testing pieces is very important. Um, we are the only tenure drug free organization. We're proud to be that way. We made that decision uh, just a few years ago uh, to separate ourselves. Um, you know, the younger people in the world um, are very conservative on supplements, drug use, any drug history. And so um, we thought that was an important move for, for us. Um, yep. But the, you know, the drug testing is by far what has made us, I think, the most um, renowned organization um, because we do prove that we do it. And um, we're, we're really proud of that. And like I said, a lot of people say they, they're doing certain things. We know what we're doing. Um, and that's all we're focused on. No, that's um, awesome. Well, yeah, the urine testing is uh, is WADA compliant. We have two labs that we work with. One is in Utah, one is in California. Um, so that is strictly, you know, WADA compliant. Um, anything that they're testing for, we're testing for. Um, and then, of course, the, the polygraph piece, the 10-year drug-free piece, urine only goes back so far, six months, nine months, maybe a year, if that. But the polygraph testing is, is huge for us, and um, we weed people out all the time. And I, I, I'm very proud of that um, because imagine what is on the the the, the natural organizations where there's no testing before they get on stage just imagine who is on those stages with with people that have never touched anything you don't know so we're proud to um you know make people know that we're serious about it and that we're happy to provide that um that ultimate testing experience for any athlete who wants to come to the imbf or the WMBF. yeah i will say to uh the polygraph um for anybody that hasn't been polygraph tested i'd never been till i come and competed with you guys and i'm not gonna lie it was the scariest thing i've ever done in my life and i've never done anything wrong and, you know, to, to be an individual who is 100% natural to sit there and be questioned repeatedly about taking things and not having taken things, I can only imagine like the fear that would ensue if you were trying to skirt the system, right? Because it's definitely very intense. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, it's not, I think a lot of people, either the, a lot of the organizations that, that decide to not do it, um, they will just say that, it, you know, that it doesn't work. We do a very good job polygraph testing. We catch people almost at every single event. They're pros in other organizations. Um, and, you know, we're disqualifying people for 10 years to life. Um, but the, the way that we do the polygraph is, is um, I think, better than anybody else. Uh, we have a lot of oversight uh, for myself from some of the top examiners in our country um, and abroad. We, we work with licensed um, specialists, people that have, you know, drug uh uh, that are um, retired police officers, retired uh, homicide investigators. They know someone that's, that's lying when they walk through the door. And uh, the polygraph testing is, is done in a super um, compliant way. And we feel that it's um, definitely making a difference uh, in the sport for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong. And those polygraph examiners are third party, like completely independent from the organization, correct? That's someone you contract with. That, that is a conflict. Uh, you guys, I, I know the intent behind the question, but yeah, 
no one um, is in the ownership position or is uh, mm -hmm. a, a promoter of any way for us. That is a total yeah. conflict of interest. Um, and yeah, we, we don't, we don't believe in something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, without going into the nitty gritty, like I've done polygraphs with the IMBF, I've done them with other organizations as well. And like your guys is, I mean, you can tell it's very legit. Uh, it's lengthy, it's detailed, it's, you guys aren't messing around when you do it. And that I can respect that for sure. Cause that is, you know, that's like you said, a very big part of it. I mean, it shows our integrity, right? We don't just allow someone to come in and, and ask three questions and they're on and off a, a polygraph machine in, in three minutes, five minutes. That, that shows no integrity. It's not good for the sport. Um, our examiners would never do that. It, it, it questions their professionalism, their integrity, you know, their art form. Um, it is an art. And um, now we don't, we don't operate that way. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Next question. Uh, with regards to pros and their requirements to compete, um, that's something that uh, three different people asked regarding why that rule is in place. Um, can you elaborate on that at all? Uh, yeah, if it's if it's regarding, we don't accept pro cards from other organizations. Uh, obviously, not everybody polygraph tests, so we're just not going to take their pro card. We ask all pros from other organizations to requalify, even if they do polygraph test, we want them to requalify with us, go through the process that everybody else does. Um, in terms of competing uh, elsewhere, is that, is that? No, so, so you guys, correct me, I could be maybe misunderstanding, but you guys, uh, as a pro, to keep your pro card, you have to compete every two years, no? We want, we want you to compete every two years. Uh, we want you to compete the first year that you, that you qualify. It, the rules are different for international athletes. Those, those will change as we continue to grow. But we want you to compete within that first year. Uh, we want that drug test on file again. Um, but every couple of years, we do uh, grant um, some medical waivers for people that, uh, you know, Brian Whitaker has two, two knee surgeries, right? We're going we're gonna to let him keep his membership up to date. But people have families, they injure themselves, whatever it is, they can't compete. So we will allow a little bit of flexibility. But um, the timeline primarily is because we want you checking that box. And we want you acknowledging that you've read the banned substance list. And if we um, choose to drug test you off season. We can do that because we have a contract signed and, you know, we can make sure that, that we're not liable. If we come and drug test you and you fail and you weren't a member. So we make, we want to make sure that our membership base is, is consistent and up to date. Now from an athlete's perspective. So for me, I will be almost three years to the day by the time I step on stage again, and it'll be probably the best three years from a progress perspective of my mm -hmm. life. Now, as an athlete, do you think maybe that two year, you, ha you know, you have to compete every two years, you know, could that potentially diminish the quality of the physique I bring if I don't get maybe as long as of an off season as maybe I'd want? I don't think so. I mean, you could be dead in two years, right? So, you know, we, we want people to try to compete as much as they can, not, not for income or to support the organization, but to enjoy the process. Um, you know, I only, Unfortunately, I had a, you know, competed as a pro only a couple of times. So um, we want you guys to, to have the opportunity to compete. Um, but, you know, taking five years off is not always beneficial either. Right. So um, a lot of people have different opinions on that, but we want you to keep your membership up to date and we want we want those boxes checked. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I understand, you know, wanting athletes to compete, but like for me, like and I know for a lot of others, like a competitive season takes a while to simply just recover from in general. And I know a lot of guys, you know, aren't feeling normal till 
you know, six months after their last show. So, I mean, I'm in favor of, of extending that, that length, but that's, you know, I, I like at least a three or four year off season, but that that's, that's kind of my prerogative because I like coming out of my season, I'm not expecting to feel normal until I mean, I just came out of my season, probably April, something like that to, to feel completely like hormonally normal. So, Mm -hmm. um, and like, I don't really plan on competing maybe till 2024. Um, I didn't, I didn't win a WNBA pro card, but if I did, you know, that would be kind of forcing that timeline. So that's just my general thoughts on, on the matter. Yeah. We've seen some, some athletes that, that have taken several years off, um, that have kept their pro membership up to date. So if you keep your membership up to date, you're good then. If you, you if you fall out, if, if you fall outside of three years, we have you requalify. Um, okay. and we've seen, we've seen some athletes, you know, because they take that much time off, they kind of fall out of, out of, uh, you know, the competitive mode and, and sometimes their physiques suffer. So, um, you know, we want to keep the timeline tight. We want to keep athletes coming to our stages. We want to help support our pro promoters who, you know, take on you know, a lot of, um, you know, they, they, are renting facilities, they are paying prize money, they're drug testing. Um, so all that lands on the promoter. So we want to keep supporting them by encouraging our athletes to compete. Okay. Fair That's enough. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. It's it's not a you know, it's not a black and white yes or no, right? Uh, you know, everybody's situation's different. There's people that I know that compete every year and they seem to make progress just fine. And you know, there's people like maybe myself or Dan that maybe would opt for a longer time off, but at the end of the day, it's, it's all athlete dependent. Right. And if the sport continues to grow, then though those issues, you know, continue to work themselves out. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Good. Good. I was just going to say playing devil's advocate against both you, uh, Leroy and Dan. Um, I mean, we've seen how much the sports evolved. I mean, I started competing just in 2017 and just in these last couple of years, like the quality of the athlete is phenomenally changed for the better. So a pro, like had I won my pro card back then and not competed since, I mean, the caliber of the people that are amateurs now would have just like wiped most pros off, off, you know, I mean, look at, look at some of the guys that are there now. It's, it's so much more competitive. So by forcing you to compete more frequently, maybe it forces you to stay a little bit more competitive. Maybe you got to step it up. Yeah. 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 In in some instances, it's harder to, to qualify than it is to do good as a pro. Um, you know, the stages are, are very competitive these days. Like you said, especially in the West, our, our pro qualifiers out here are no joke. Um, mm-hmm. and they're usually pretty, pretty thick with competition, pretty deep. Um, there's definitely a few more shows in the East, but, um, you guys have a great opportunity with, with WBF Canada up there to, uh, yeah. get those pro cards, Dan, get after yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I'm getting it next year, calling it right now. James, that's a big part of the reason I, I took such an extended off season because I knew, well, um, as I, we mentioned before, but I won my pro card with the OCB in 2018, and I really did not feel ready to, to compete as a pro right right out of the gate. And having that that three years was was huge for me. I mean, I added about 10 pounds of of lean tissue since then. So I mean. I can't speak for everyone, but I put a lot of effort into my off season though. I mean, I know a lot of guys, Bob, as you kind of alluded to kind of lose that tunnel vision, lose that, you know, that, uh, desire and, and that, that stage that's, you know, immediately 
coming. But uh, yeah, the James, that was a big reason I, I took an extended mm-hmm. off season. And actually this competing this year was even kind of like, eh, I was thinking about maybe next year. So it was pulling the trigger a little, not, not early, but it was on the early end of what I was, you know, looking at. But we have, we have a lot of people that turn on pro cards with us. Um, they just don't feel like they're ready. Maybe they kind of timed it to where the, the competition, you know, maybe it was a smaller event. They just happened to turn pro. They're not ready. Um, the WMBF is definitely more, you know, I'm going to say it is more competitive than other amateur organizations that we, we know it is. Um, there's a lot of, of you know, uh, pro card winners with with other organizations that do come to the WMBF to requalify. They never qualify. Um, so that, that speaks to the level that we have, which is which is really awesome. Yeah, yeah I, will, I will say the IMBF amateur shows are, are some of the more competitive shows that for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's good and bad for us is sometimes yeah. it turns people away and they, they just want that pro card, um, which is a whole nother conversation. Yeah. I wish, I wish yeah, uh, I we wish won't our, get into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish athletes would, would focus on really just improving their physique. The pro card will come when it, when it, when it's due Yeah, and just try not to worry about that. Enjoy the experience. Cause one day you won't, you won't be able to compete anymore. Yeah, no, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, okay. Uh, James kind of briefly touched on the, the improvement of the quality of athletes these days. Um, mm-hmm. With regards to the standards and, you know, the evolution of like judging criteria and stuff like that, we've seen kind of, you know, people really push for conditioning, which can sometimes come at a cost of, you know, full, fullness, muscularity and stuff like that. Can you speak to, you know, what, what does the WMBF maybe look for in, you know, a pro athlete, a world champion, you know, where's that fine balance between that really dugout conditioning without sacrificing the full look? Um, you know, I just kind of touch on judging criteria because that was asked about. So for bodybuilding, it, the, the amateur ranks and the pro ranks are the same. We want the biggest, most muscular guy or gal that's symmetrical, hard, lean, you know, defined, shredded, all that, you know, all those adjectives, that's what we're looking for. Um, the WMBF has always focused on, on good structure. I mean, you've never seen a winner in our organization that has never been a perfect X. If you yeah. look back at a, a, any, any photo, um, everybody's a perfect X, um, especially a world champ or a multi-world champ. Um, so when we talk about judging criteria, uh, our criteria is very specific. Um, you know, we, we do, I think, a really good job We've been with, with two other organizations. I think we do a much better job training our judges, which is good for the athlete because we're looking for the same thing in, in Utica, California, to Boston, and down to Georgia. The judges are looking for the same type of athlete that fits the criteria for any category. Um, so for bodybuilding, yeah, you want to be symmetrical, muscular, hard, defined, all that. Um, it is not a shredded glute show. We can see glutes from every angle. Uh, there was a there was a time frame where you had really really lean people that, you know, were, you know, winning pro cards that weighed you know 160 pounds, but they were six foot tall. It just w- it didn't look good, and yeah. and not to not to offend anybody, but um, that's uh, we, not we would all agree there. with that, right? Like I think, yeah, you know, there was a maybe a phase where it was like whoever was the most shredded, kind of got. Yeah. I guess Bob, you uh, kind of alluded to it. Some of the shows became a shredded glutes contest rather than a bodybuilding contest. Yeah. Who can diet? Uh, it's bodybuilding. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, you know, we, we want 
really good muscular physiques that are, that are perfect X's. We talked about that in our judges' PowerPoints. Uh, you know, we'll go through that if you want um, another time with with events in the future uh, that you're looking at, at doing. So, um, yeah. So depending on what the criteria is for us in a, in a given category, you know, we have fit body. A lot of people don't have that. We're looking for specific things. In bikini, we're looking for specific things to to all athletes that that might follow up listening to this podcast. Don't ever get on a stage with any organization if you don't know what the criteria is. You can't expect to do well if you don't know what the criteria is. If you're getting on stage and you're a men's physique competitor and you're doing front double biceps poses, that's not going to score well with the IMBF, WMBF. It's not a bodybuilding show. Um, it's, it's a physique competition. So you're expected to do quarter turns, one hand on the hip at all angles, bikini, one hand on the hip, two hands in the front. Um, so we're looking for really specific things and that can slide you up or down, you know, one to two placings if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So um, uh, just, you know, for everybody that's listening, go to worldnaturalbb.com, take a look at our bodybuilding, fit body if you're interested in um, posing in heels, executing some open-handed poses, or whether it's bikini physique. Um, yep. Yeah, with, very specific uh, on the criteria. With the WMBF UK having the, the classic, um, I, don't, I don't know if you want to call it division per se, but is that something that, was strictly done by them or is that something you're potentially looking to throw in there with the rise in popularity of classic physique we won't we won't adopt that the, the only reason that we allow the other organizations to do it is because they're they have to be competitive with with people in their neighborhood uh, yeah, right down fair. the street di different organizations but i've been hashtagging um you know natural bodybuilding as classic physique since we took over the organization so uh we just didn't not everybody's eligible with us, which means that our organizations are going to be smaller. So we don't need to add classic physique. The whole purpose behind classic physique was to, to look at those smaller physiques and now look at it, it's just out of control again. So you can't yeah. control the drugs. You don't want to control the drugs. That's a whole other conversation. But um, all of our physiques, if you put them in classic physique shorts, change the poses, they, they already look that way. So we yeah. just encourage athletes uh, to include classic physique poses in your posing routines, but um, we're sticking to, to natural bodybuilding and keeping it the way the yep. sport started. Yep. I think, I think Kendall would be a prime example of that, right? Like you throw the classic trunks on Kendall and all of a sudden he's classic physique. Whereas you put bodybuilding trunks on him, all of a sudden he's a bodybuilder, right? It, it's yeah. the look is interchangeable. I think there's certain, you know, physiques that maybe would fit it more so, but at the end of the day, they're still bodybuilders. Yeah. And then if you allow crossovers, you're going to have guys going into bodybuilding and classic physique, and then it just gets messy. And, or if you, if you make people choose, then, then not your bodybuilding's further split. It's already, it was already split with, with physique, now, yeah. nothing wrong with physique, but when physique came along, just like when figure came along, um, you know, a long time ago, it, it, it split the women bodybuilders in half, if not more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we don't, we don't want to make any decisions like that. We don't follow what everybody else does. We do what works for us. For sure. For sure. Um, with that being said, um, you know, we're coming up on time here. Can you just, just touch on the prestige that the WMBF holds that a WMBF world title holds, even a WMBF pro card that may never win a pro title again, but they, they're a WMBF pro, they're a quality WMBF pro, you know, just, just speak to the value you feel that holds. Since we started in the sport, you know, we've, the, the WMBF title, the WMBF pro card um, has always been uh, the, the hardest to get. And that's why I think it's the most prestigious. No one can talk about a drug testing. We, we do a good job at that. We do a great job with that. Um, 
And you know, we're we're willing to sacrifice the numbers, you know, of competitors that we have that are that are pro card holders, um, because it's so hard to get. And um, you know, I think that uh, our growth internationally has been super super successful for us, reaching other people, um, giving people opportunities to compete in their country, truly drug tested, that they can actually win a WBF pro card, um, and not have to travel here to to have a shot at one. So, um, yeah, we're proud of that. We're going to continue to, to keep the WBF up here and do everything that we can to, to make sure that our organization stays on top for, you know, the next 30 years. That's awesome. Um, looking ahead at 2022, is there anything that, uh, you know, we can expect as far as, I don't know, any changes, anything exciting coming down the pipeline? Well, it just depends on what the, this new variant, right? I mean, our uh, just an announcement. If you, we won't talk I, about that. <laughs> I know, I know, but it, but it is, you know, it may come into effect. I'm, I'm expecting, you know, for us to have 275 athletes show up from 25 countries uh, this year was amazing. Did yeah. not expect that. I think next year, if if things are fairly calm, I think we will blow up into a four or 500 person worlds. Yeah. The year after that, I think we'll be even bigger. Um, we always have the biggest show um, in the sport, which we're super proud of. Uh, no one touches the numbers that we do. That's good and bad. It's bad because it's hard because you gotta, you know, you gotta organize an event to accommodate that many people. But 2022, uh, uh, 22 will be in LA. Uh, it'll be at the same venue that it was in uh, 2016 and 2018. So that's exciting. We'll look forward to going back to the East in 2023 or 2020. Uh, yeah, 2023. Wait, wait, wait. Um, so, is that New York? Uh, not sure yet. Not sure yet. New York's really hard. It's really expensive. I know it's close to you. Uh, well, but I'm, I'm, I'm already just with the way my season's going to play out next year. I'm thinking 2023 fall is really, really attractive. And if you're heading to the East, well, that's, that's, yeah, a we're just not away. Yeah. We're not sure. Uh, we still have to talk to our partner about that, but you know, Georgia, Florida, um, somewhere warm. Everybody from the east that, that is I'll cold. Take everybody, warm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody from Europe's like, hey, just try to keep it in somewhere warm. Even yeah. Vegas was in the 70s, so that was that was really nice. Yeah. Uh, Vegas was a really successful event for us. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to next year. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it'll be a tame one with this with this yeah. damn virus. Yeah. And Natty News will be there reporting live. Sounds good, man. We, we look forward to <laughs> you guys are welcome. You guys are welcome to be there. Appreciate that, man. Um, all right. Where uh, you know, people want to learn more about WMBF, where do they reach social media, website, all that good stuff? Yeah, everything's at WMBF official or worldnaturalbb.com. Perfect. Um, yeah, follow us, send us some messages. We, we try to get back to everybody, but it's, it's myself doing it. Um, yep. It's kind of hard sometimes, but uh, if they have any drug testing questions, concerns, they can email our drug testing, WMBF drug testing at gmail.com. That's where it starts every time. If you have any questions or concerns, send a message to a promoter. Um, get you know, go to our website, look at our events page, reach out to the promoter in your state, and then um, the first question they're going to ask is, "Do you have any questions or concerns on banned substances?" And then we kind of talk about eligibility, and then we want you to step on our stages and have a good experience with us. Awesome, mm -hmm. awesome. All right, people, if you guys enjoyed this episode, let us know. Don't forget to like the video, follow us on Instagram at natty underscore news underscore daily. And I'm sure this will not be the last episode with Bob Bell here at WMBF. So thanks again, guys. And we'll see you guys in the next one.